Welcome to Sustainable Business Fridays. I'm your host, Katie Elman. Sustainable Business Fridays is the first podcast of its kind, bringing together students in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, not-for-profits, social entrepreneurship, and more. Twice monthly, these conversations go live via iTunes and Google Play. This week, I'm joined by second-year Bard MBA student Ezra El Shafi, and we're speaking with Alice Bosley and Patricia Latif of Five One Labs. So, I just want to know if you can tell us a little bit about both of yourselves and your background. Great. Um, I'll start. So, this is Alice Bosley. First of all, thank you guys so much for having us on your podcast. We're really excited to be here and to tell you a bit more about our work with Five One Labs. Um, so I guess just to give you a very brief background on me, um, my family actually moved to Saudi Arabia um, when I was eight years old um, from Philadelphia. So from a really early age, I became interested in the Middle East and in international affairs in general. I was there during 9-11, and I think that that kind of really shaped the way I looked about, about the world and how the world reacts to international crises. Um, so after undergraduate, that, that interest led me into the humanitarian space. So I worked in the innovation office at the UN Refugee Agency. Um, and in that, um, in that role, really focused on kind of innovative ways to bring in new processes and partners and technology into the humanitarian space to better serve refugees, which was incredible. Um, in, in many respects, it was a dream job. Um, but we were focused mainly on how to make humanitarian organizations more effective and less on kind of how to help refugees themselves rebuild their lives with dignity after they've been displaced. Um, and, and so I decided to leave UNHCR and, and really start thinking about kind of whether there were business approaches to humanitarian challenges um, and specifically whether entrepreneurship could be a way to help people rebuild their lives after after they've been displaced or after they've experienced conflict. Um, so I went to graduate school at Columbia at their School of International and Public Affairs and met Patricia there, who is incredible. Um, and while I was there, I also spent two years working at Columbia Entrepreneurship at their design studio, which uses design thinking to help um, entrepreneurs in New York City launch businesses. So that's kind of a bit about how my, my thinking kind of went from humanitarian much more to, to entrepreneurship and how that might be a solution. And this is Patricia here. So uh, like Alice, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Middle East. I, my entire family are from the region, both from Lebanon and Syria. So I've been traveling back and forth and spent a lot of time um, living and working in the region. And I also have a really deep interest in Middle Eastern politics since I was surrounded by it my entire life. So because of that, I studied Middle Eastern politics in my undergraduate and also spent several years working as a Middle East political risk analyst um, in Dubai, uh, mostly covering Iraq. And so this is, um, I think, where my interest in, in starting 5-1 Labs with Alice came, because from my perspective, there are lots of challenges that businesses face when launching, expanding, shutting down, um, and so this, um, this is where my contribution is, is I used to advise businesses on these challenges and risks. And how did you guys come to create 5-1 Labs? 
So we were, like I said, we were together at SIPA at Columbia. We were students there. And Columbia has something called the Columbia Venture Competition, which is an awesome kind of year-long competition at each of the different schools where um, you uh, put forward an idea in September and over the course of the year go through a series of pitch competitions and um, challenges um, and are accepted if you kind of pass whatever the challenge or pitch competition is, you can go on to the next round and get a small amount of seed funding from Columbia to do user research or to prototype. Um, and so Patricia and I and our classmate, um, Sophia Burton, who's the third co-founder of 5-1 Labs, came together at the beginning of last year. Um, we were all really interested in private sector approaches to humanitarian, humanitarian challenges in the Middle East. Um, so we started working on this a year ago. Over the course of the year, um, with the support of Colombia, we were able to come to the Iraqi Kurdistan region um, in, in January to do user research, and then again in March to launch our pilot. So that was kind of the logistical way it started. But I think, I mean, I think where it really came from was this shared passion for helping people restart their lives and specifically kind of with the Syrian refugee crisis and with refugee crises around the world, you see really kind of waves of human capital, right? You have these amazing people who have had careers and had education and they have talent and skills. Um, and these people, as soon as they're displaced, are often seen as burdens and nothing more. And that kind of drove us crazy. Um, you know, Syrian refugees are, are highly tech savvy. They're you know, many of them are college educated and a lot of them have had careers before. And so we really wanted to find a way to help people um, take advantage of these skills they had in a way that would also help the, the community that they're displaced into. Um, and as a way to build um, livelihoods for themselves and hopefully jobs for others. So I think that kind of shared passion um, led us to join this competition, the venture competition, and eventually to start 5-1 Labs. And, and if I can add to that, you know, we Alice explained what the mission of the organization is, which is to empower displaced entrepreneurs to build successful businesses so that they can rebuild and create sustainable livelihoods for themselves and their families. And the, the model that we've created, we kind of wanted to generate impact in three main ways. So the first one, which Alice touched upon, is to create jobs. So to create jobs and to generate employment once these businesses are incubated and start and grow. And the second thing, which is really important to us, is that we want to ensure that we want to ensure inclusive communities and social cohesion because what we found throughout the course of our research is that often these individuals who are displaced have difficulties assimilating into their new com communities, whether this is because of perceptions that these refugees or internally displaced are receiving unfair resources or jobs from, from humanitarian organizations or just simply perceptions that they don't belong there because they're different. So um, it's really important for us to follow foster this element of social cohesion um, by including both refugees, displaced, and local community members into the cohorts. And finally, we want to ensure that we can create entrepreneurial ecosystem in Kurdistan and wherever we operate to provide entrepreneurs with a network of support that they need. Because as you probably know, what, what if you're displaced into a new 
into a new community, into a new country, you often don't have the connections um, that you need um, when you're in a new place to start a business or to find a job. And also, we forgot to mention one very important thing. Um, the name 5-1 Labs, the, the reason we chose the name is it derives from the 1951 Refugee Convention, which gives refugees the right to work. And as Alice mentioned, we really believe in the importance and power of entrepreneurship and the, the power of entrepreneurship and employment for refugees to restart their lives. So I know that you guys have three pillars of training, mentorship, and community that help shape positivity around the culture of entrepreneurship. So I'd love to hear more about that. So our incubator program, which is kind of the main program that we run, is a three-month-long um, program for aspiring entrepreneurs who have an idea, um, something that they're really passionate about, and that have they have gained some traction on, um, but have not been able to actually launch their business. And so um, young people from refugee and internally displaced and local communities are welcome to apply to our program. Um, if they are accepted in, um, they will be with kind of 10 to 15 other teams. Um, and every week they will have um, training on either kind of design thinking and lean startup methodology. This is really kind of the process and the creativity side of things. And then they'll also have hard business skills like finance or operations. How do you need to build your team to be successful? So that's, that's the, the main training part, um, which kind of added onto it, there's this layer of resilience and leadership training, which we'll have kind of during lunchtime discussions or CEO, um, CEO events, other things like this. So, um, so that's the training. And then in addition to that, they are linked with two different types of mentors. One is um, international mentors who have been entrepreneurs before or are experts in a certain type of, of industry or sector. So um, in Iraq, the entrepreneurial ecosystem is still really, really young. And so especially in Iraqi Kurdistan, where we are, um, there isn't necessarily this culture of entrepreneurship, which means that there are very few role models, people who have created scalable, innovative businesses um, that you can see here. There are some, um, and they're really incredible, but, but we're kind of looking internationally to get these, these mentors that can be role models who have gone through the experience of starting a startup. And then we're also linking them to local mentors who are business people who can connect them into kind of the local market and business scene. Um, you know, if you are displaced into a new location, one of the largest challenges or barriers to starting a business is the lack of local connections. And so that's one thing that we really want to combat. And then finally, um, they are all part of this inclusive cohort. Um, and Patricia talked earlier about how inclusive communities are really important for us at 5-1 Labs. And so um, we're hoping that 50% of our cohort will be from displaced communities and 50% of the cohort will be um, from local communities with the idea that this is, um, this is a way to create this really kind of tight-knit group of like-minded change makers from really diverse backgrounds um, that can help each other and support each other even after they're, they're out of the program. So they're all going to be working full time from um, what is called the Erbil Tech Hub, which is this awesome co-working space in downtown Erbil that we're sharing with a couple of partner organizations. So they're part of this awesome community already of 
coders and tech people and entrepreneurs. Um, and it's going to be kind of this amazing community to be a part of. So, um, so yeah, those are those are the three the three pillars. And um, after uh, three months of this mentorship, this training, um, the support that we're going to give them um, with kind of legal issues and marketing issues, they at the end of that three months have the opportunity to compete for seed funding. Um, and we have the funding to be able to provide three grants to three different groups. And then we're bringing in kind of other investors and um, other NGOs who can hopefully provide the, the funding and resources for all of our entrepreneurs to launch their businesses. And, and to add a little bit to what Alice said, we spent a year essentially doing a lot of research, um, not only on incubator models in the U.S., but incubator models outside of the U.S., particularly in, in conflict zones. So we spoke to incubators in Gaza and Pakistan and Lebanon um, and in a lot of different places because we wanted to ensure that our incubator would be sensitive to any any challenges that refugees would face. So for us, you know, the community component is really critical. It's critical for all incubators, but especially for us. Um, we want to make sure that the individuals, the entrepreneurs in the incubator have access to additional resources that they need. So this might be access to a network or access to legal support. So this was one a big finding from our research, you know, that we need to have extra layers of support um, relative to maybe other incubators in the U.S. So I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, the types of uh, businesses that have blossomed from 5-1 Labs and the entrepreneurs that you've worked with thus far in the last year? Over the course of the year, we have met awesome entrepreneurs in a lot of different ways. Um, we've been lucky enough to run a pilot here in March and April, which was six weeks long, um, where we supported 14 different entrepreneurs in launching their businesses. In addition to that, um, over the course of the summer, we ran this series of events called the Summer Startup Festival, which included a weekend-long startup boot camp with 40 awesome young individuals from all over kind of the Kurdistan region and Syria and Iraq. Um, and we held kind of a number of smaller workshops with various communities around the region. And so by now we've had a chance to meet hundreds of young and older people who are really interested in the idea of starting businesses. Um, and I think there are really three types of businesses that we have seen here, um, which um, kind of makes sense once I explain it to you. The first is, is traditional businesses, like you could imagine, um, with fairly traditional business models. So an example of this is um, one of the groups from our pilot was um, trying to launch Iraq's first um, French fry factory. And this sounds funny, and, and when we first read their application, um, we, um, we were really surprised to get a French fry factory application. But their argument is that Iraq actually exports potatoes. It is, um, you know, potatoes are one of the, the main things that Iraq exports, which I had not realized. Um, but Iraq imports French fries um, from Iran and Turkey and other places. And there's actually, there are no locally made French fries. And so their idea was to create a factory um, where they would create kind of Iraq's own French fries. Um, however, their, their business model was that um, they would scale into other things like um, seasoning making or direct to consumer sales. So, so that's the first, it's kind of more traditional businesses. 
The second is taking businesses that are kind of have innovative business models, but have been around in the West for a while. So an example of this is an app that calls taxis or um, a, a medicine delivery service and um, that you can kind of order online or order on an app. These businesses are extremely innovative for Iraq because Iraq's e-commerce is, um, is only just now starting kind of you know, online, um, buying things online is extremely difficult here. Um, most people do not have credit cards or other means of buying things online. And so it's only recently that um, e-commerce has really started growing as people have found kind of innovative solutions, solutions to online payment. So we see a lot of businesses like that. And then the third is kind of truly innovative businesses that, that you really haven't heard of anywhere else. And a, an example of this is you know, one of our teams is um, creating a virtual reality game for um, refugees to learn local languages. And this is something they're really passionate about. They've already built a number of the, the levels of the game out. Um, it's really impressive. And then um, kind of a second, I guess, example of this is um, one of our Syrian entrepreneurs is trying to build an online sharing platform for civil engineers and architects to share their huge kind of AutoCAD or other types of drawings and be able to collaborate on them. So those are kind of really innovative um, ideas that, you know, I haven't seen in the U.S. either um, that people are trying to, trying to create to solve major problems that they've seen here. So there, um, in addition to those types of businesses that Alice mentioned, we've also seen a lot of businesses that are addressing um, kind of social social challenges. So I think from our perspective, um, you know, the, the, the advantage of these social businesses is that, you know, our entrepreneurs look around them every day and see challenges that they face on a day-to-day -day basis. So they're coming up with really innovative ideas to address these challenges. So one of our um, one of our favorite entrepreneurs and one of our most successful entrepreneurs is a gentleman who is named Hadi. We've changed his name, but he is originally from Baghdad and had been displaced several times, first because of the war in Baghdad, and, and then he moved to Syria. And once the conflict there started, he moved to Iraq, to Erbil, where we met him about six months ago. And Education is very important to Hadi, and despite being displaced a number of times, he persevered and managed to obtain his his degree in engineering. And he realized that education was important but could be difficult to obtain uh, for people like him who have been displaced on numerous occasions. So he's developing um, an, an online ed tech platform that provides low-cost education solutions to people like himself. So this is um, one example of the social enterprise that we've seen. We've also seen um, ideas for um, sustainable conference and event planning. So this would be a company that, for example, um, would, would plan events but wouldn't, let's say, use paper to print posters but would project things on the wall um, or they wouldn't they would use you know glassware instead of disposable cups and and tape and plates so this is actually a really innovative idea because we, we see a lot of waste um, of things like that in places in the Middle East so those are some ideas of social enterprises which we we love to support thank you congrats to all the entrepreneurs that are working with you and 5-1 Labs Thanks.
super exciting. And I also know that you guys have started a crowdfunding campaign with Indiegogo. So I would love to hear about your Indiegogo campaign um, and of what the goals are around the $50,000 you aim to raise. Sure. So as you mentioned, we launched a campaign on Indiegogo about a week ago. And the aim of this campaign, the financial aim, is to raise $50,000. So the one of the first reasons we were looking to raise $50,000 is we had great news a few weeks ago that the Tent Foundation, which is a foundation that um, supports refugee employment and private sector involvement to address challenges to refugees, and a foundation that was started by the CEO of Chobani Yogurt, who himself is a refugee, has generously agreed to match all contributions up to $50,000. So we have this amazing possibility to raise up to $100,000 this month. But from our perspective, the $50,000 is there to be able to support the launch of our first cohort. So our inaugural three-month cohort will be starting in Erbil at the end of October. So we need a lot of resources and support to enable us to launch this. So the $50,000 from the Tent Foundation will provide us with the seed funding necessary um, to give to these entrepreneurs at the end of the program. And the, the money from the crowdfunding campaign will allow us to provide things like food and transport stipends to the, ref to the refugees and childcare stipends, which are are really important, especially for uh, the involvement of women in the cohort, because we want to make sure that women especially have all the resources that they need to be able to commit full time. Um, it'll also, you know, fund things like internet access and computers for people who don't have them. But basically, it'll give us all of the funds necessary to be able to execute a really great incubator program come this fall. Awesome. Congrats. And how can we, or how can anyone that's listening, participate in your campaign? Um, we, we are really excited to get people involved in 5-1 Labs in a variety of different ways. So, of course, the first way is contributing to our crowdfunding campaign, as this is necessary for us to be able to run our program at the highest quality, to be able to provide the services like legal services or um, psychosocial support for the refugees that are going through our program. We really need to make sure that we have the right amount of funding. The second is obviously sharing the campaign with, with friends and family and other people who, who might be passionate about the mis mission and interested in supporting us. And then thirdly, um, we're really excited to get, um, you know, young people, especially people going through an MBA program who may have had business experience involved as mentors or advisors or champions for our program. Um, we're, we're building up kind of our mentorship community as we speak because our first incubator cohort will launch in about a month. Um, so we're looking for great candidates who are interested in working one-on-one -on -one or, or with groups of entrepreneurs um, going through our program. So if people are interested in this, they should email us at info at 51labs.org. We are more than happy to have a conversation with you to see if you might be a great candidate as a mentor. Um, and then kind of in terms of champions and advisors, we're always looking for people 
particularly program people in MBA programs or with business experience who are interested in helping us develop great resources for our entrepreneurs or helping us um, figure out what activities in our curriculum are best suited for people who are learning these um, these subjects for the first time um, and, you know, are putting them into practice right away. So I think beyond funding, which is, you know, fairly obvious, there are all of these other ways that we are hoping to build out our community of supporters and, you know, our network of, of people who are interested in, in helping amazing entrepreneurs from these diverse communities in Iraq start businesses. So awesome. I wanted to ask you both this earlier, so I was wondering, um, you know, what kind of challenges or tough decisions you both had faced as entrepreneurs yourselves when you created and implemented your dream of 5-1 Labs? And I know you touched on this a little bit with, like, funding, um, but would love to hear about that. So I think one of the challenges that has been the most frustrating for us, even though it's not necessarily surprising, is the ideas that people have about what it means to be a refugee um, and the ideas that people have about what life is like in Iraq specifically. Um, so to give you an example of this, we were at a pitch competition um, in the early spring, I think. And, you know, we spent a long time preparing for this pitch. You know, we had all of these stories of the incredible entrepreneurs we've been working with. We had been going to Iraq now for a number of months. I used to I used to live and work in Iraqi Kurdistan. Patricia has been there many times. So, you know, we come in with a very certain mindset. We give this pitch and um, someone, you know, someone said, well, what about the fact that um, refugees lose all of their rights as refugees as soon as they start working? And that's just not correct. Um, you know, there are a couple of places where refugees don't have the right to work. And so if they are found doing something illegal, then there are challenges. But um, it soon became clear that the, the group of people we were talking to had very specific ideas about what it meant to be a refugee. Um, you know, refugees don't necessarily have the right skills. What do you mean that refugees could start businesses? Like they, you know, they, they don't have that background. And then, and then there's kind of also this idea that everything in Iraq is extremely violent, whereas, um, you know, the Kurdistan region of Iraq has been fairly stable for a very long time. Um, the economy is fairly stable. It's a, a safe place. Um, it has 250,000 Syrian refugees and over a million Iraqis that have been displaced here to get away from the violence of the places where they have originally come from. So I think... It has been very challenging um, explaining this to people who aren't interested in in understanding. I guess that has been a problem for us. Yeah, it showed us that um, you know we should be speaking to a very specific audience of people when pitching our ideas. Sometimes because you know not having an understanding about what it meant to be an um, to be an Iraq or to be a refugee meant that we got very simple questions from people rather than questions about our business model or our mission, our impact, which could be frustrating on occasion. And we also, you know, in that same competition, received questions about, you know, how could you as two women um, be working in the Middle East and in Iraq in this context? So it also, it also showed a kind of misconception about, about the culture there. Yeah, I agree that I think it's, more necessary now than ever to show um, the positive that is in the Middle East instead of all the negative media attention that it gets <laughs> because it is a beautiful place. 
I know as I'm Middle Eastern myself from Egypt and unfortunately the attention that it gets sometimes is not at all what's going on there. So I think it's amazing that you both have created 5-1 Labs and be able to make such a great impact on the entrepreneurs' lives that you're working with and with the work that you know, you're doing and you're still doing yourselves and even through your campaign. And I would love Thanks. to hear about, yeah, you're welcome. And I would love to hear about where you envision 5-1 Labs in five years or even in 10 years and kind of where you see 5-1 Labs going. So we have grand plans for 5-1 Labs over the coming years. So uh, Alice already explained this, but in the next couple of months, we are going to be launching our first incubator cohort, our inaugural cohort in Erbil. And from then onward, we're looking to expand 5-1 Labs. So beginning early next spring, 2018, we will be launching our incubator in a second city in the Kurdistan region in Suleymaniyah. And then after that, we're going to be doing a lot of research. We're in the process of doing this research now about where to expand next. Continuing on that point of expansion, as refugee crises around the world continue to grow either from conflict or weather events, where beyond the Middle East can 5-1 Labs model be emulated? Okay, definitely. Yeah, that's a great question. There are a number of countries in East Africa that are doing really interesting things right now when it comes to helping refugees start businesses and rebuild their lives and livelihoods. One of those countries is Rwanda, where um, our friends at the African Entrepreneur Collective have a joint program with the UN Refugee Agency to help refugees um, be entrepreneurs and start businesses. Um, and they're doing some really interesting things. And then Uganda also is kind of this really interesting um, situation where refugees do have the right to work. And Oxford University has actually done a lot of research on how refugees in Uganda have been really benefiting the local economy in a lot of ways because they have this right to work and are, and are able to give back um, and, and kind of benefit the host economy. So um, those are some places that I think are, are kind of good examples of, of great stuff that, that's happening supporting refugees. But then, you know, you see places like Greece um, and Eastern Europe and places that are, I think, really having challenges coping with this huge inflow that they're getting of, of refugees. And I think that... Um, if there were more open laws around um, those who are asylum seekers and giving them the right to, to work or to start businesses, or, I mean, refugees in Europe um, do have the right to start businesses. And so there have been some really interesting things there as well. But I think for asylum seekers, this is the kind of group of people that are, that are trapped in between being... Um, on a boat, you know, and being refugees in this during this time frame, I think it's really important to help people rebuild their lives and and to help boost those local economies. So so that's um, I think that's a place where it'd be really interesting to see what innovations could come to help people be more self-reliant during that time. Thank you both so much for your participation. It was great. Thanks. We were happy to be here. Pleasure. To learn more about 5-1 Labs, visit 5-1labs.org. And to participate in their crowdfunding campaign on through October 15th, go to Indiegogo.com. Join us for the next Sustainable Business Fridays, 
people will be speaking with Kevin Rabinovich, Global Sustainability Director at Mars Inc. Bard MBA in Sustainability. Lead the change. Learn more at bard.edu.